everyone has got personal stories to share. I think that's always a good place to start. Look at milestones in your own life. What may have pivoted the trajectory of your career, your life journey. I also suggest that you'll find a way that works best for you. What's a medium that appeals to you? Use that. Actually, I would say there isn't a one best medium in telling a story. Every medium reaches different types of audiences, has got different value of that medium. Photos versus a video versus a written piece. It's just by nature of that medium has a way of communicating certain aspects that's different. Hello, welcome to the Leaders of Learning podcast. I'm your host, Ling Ling. The Leaders of Learning is a podcast show that explores learning in the 21st century with educators, leaders, and entrepreneurs. For more information and to listen to our previous episodes, head over to our website at www.leadersoflearning.asia. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. are timeless. They transcend generations. From the earliest days of mankind, stories are linked to traditions, legends, myths, religion, and many more. Powerful stories are often passed down over time and evolve with different cultural groups. Through stories, we share joys, sadness, happiness, and hardships. Stories help us find our purpose and the meaning of life. Stories also allow us to better understand ourselves, others, and the larger truths of the universe. They also help us to connect, find commonalities, and build communities where people can belong. How can we reap the benefit of storytelling? How can we become better storytellers ourselves? And how do we harness the power of stories to lead meaningful lives and make the world a better place? Joining us is Rebecca Lim, the head of Our Better World, the digital storytelling initiative of the Singapore International Foundation. Our Better World's goal is to inspire people across Asia to take action through stories, actions that contribute to making the world a better place. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi. Can you share a bit about yourself and how you got into storytelling? Uh, I've always loved tourism. You may think, what has tourism got to do with storytelling? Well, I pursued a career in tourism for over a decade. And that also brought me to India, where I stayed three years there, championing tourism. But that was also life-changing for me. It made me see the contrast between the rich and poor. And got me thinking really hard, how was I going to use the skills that I have, the life that I have to make a difference? Came back to Singapore and I came across this book by Muhammad Yunus, Creating a World Without Poverty. That was really hard hitting. And that started my journey of exploring what were the opportunities in Singapore 
in the area of social change and social impact. So I joined the Singapore International Foundation nine years ago. You may ask, what is the Singapore International Foundation? So you may have heard of Peace Corps in the US and British Council in the UK. So the SIF is equivalent for Singapore. We send out Singapore volunteers as well as we do cultural exchange programs. Now, I then headed up COPCOMS at the SIF. And that was the time where we did a strategic review. We found that a lot of our programs at a people-to-people level were very analog. Digital had already changed the way we live. This was back in 2011. This was before content marketing was even a buzzword. So we did our research. We found that there were a lot of nonprofits and social enterprises in Asia doing good, but their stories were not told because they had no capability resources to tell their own stories. And then on the other hand, you found that there was a growing passive online audience who say they want to do good. But actually, they don't know where to look. They're too busy. They're not really actively looking. So this was our hypothesis. How can we tell compelling human interest stories, shining the light on nonprofits and social enterprises doing good all across Asia, share that online to reach an online audience who says that, hey, this is something you can do about it and compel them to act. It's been more than seven and a half years now, and we've been very encouraged that this hypothesis has been proven and tested. (laughs) And of the 200 over stories that we've done, it's brought across impact to feature causes that we have all across Asia, whether it's in terms of greater awareness, greater, uh, more volunteer inquiries, more support for the featured causes. And it's been a great privilege working with a network of what we call impact storytellers, filmmakers, photographers, who use their creative craft to tell compelling stories and to inspire people to act. Oh, that's such an amazing story about how Our Better World has come about and your journey that contributed to the creation of Our Better World. You created 200 over stories under this organization or this initiative, right? What was your most memorable story that you had to create? This, as you know, I have a special affinity to India. This is an Indian story that we told last year. It was, I think it was released in end of September last year. And this is of a social enterprise in Kampur called Fool. What they do is they take temple flowers that have been discarded into the rivers and they actually convert that, recycle that into incense, incense sticks. And what's important is that they employ women uh, who are marginalized, uh, who otherwise actually work as sanitation workers and manual scavengers. And so they are the so-called untouchables in society. What was really compelling in this story is not just the innovation of how they've done it, but more importantly is how lives get changed so fundamentally. The dignity that the women actually have gained from having proper employment And not just being able to earn, right? But more importantly, socially, they were able to relate with people of other castes as well as a result of this. So our story featured uh, one lady. Her name is Ranjana. It showed her life transformation through this uh, social enterprise. And Ranjana now enjoys a six-fold increase in her income. Now, the Benefit actually comes through in her family as well. 
children now go to school. And in fact, on a wider spectrum, 60% of the women now earn higher wages than their husbands, giving them a say in actually household decisions and a factor that's seen to lessen domestic violence. And this is what brings about systemic change. So what had happened after we told this story was it really resonated not just with audiences in India, but beyond India. Because it was such a compelling story and it brought about over a 15-fold increase in visitors to Fool's website. And because the story was launched end of September, they actually sold out all their products online before Diwali that year. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so the story was viewed more than uh, 1.7 million times, was shared over 9,700 times and was really, uh, we received a lot of comments, over a thousand comments. What was interesting is that we didn't call for volunteers, but it brought about over 1,800 volunteer inquiries. Yeah, and then there were partnerships and opportunities that came out from there. That was just a huge encouragement for us, you know, to see how a story like this could activate the action and the impact that could be delivered. It's a testament to how powerful stories are. And what do you believe is it about stories that make it so captivating, so powerful, that drive people to take action? What is it about stories? Not all stories uh, captured in the right way would trigger the action. And this is what we have learned doing this in the last few years. We are constantly learning, constantly adapting, constantly uh, trying to find out what is the best way. And we've also done research and that's given us very key insights. So it's actually a few things. Number one, a compelling story that inspires people to act has to connect at the heart and the mind. In the mind, meaning that is this telling me something different? So in this case of a full story, who would have thought, you know, temple flowers are thrown into the river? Oh, that could actually be recycled and made into incense. So that's from an environment standpoint. But then it's dual impact. You're employing women who are before that sanitation workers and manual scavengers to actually do this work of collecting the flowers. So that actually does challenge the mind. And the emotions part in this case was you connect with this lady, Ranjana, in the story. Right? It shows in the video how she has a better life now with a family and all that. So we're all human beings. So how that connects, that makes you feel is important. And then the third element besides what the story does to make you think and feel is how can you relate to it? How can you relate to it at a personal level? How can you relate to it at a societal level? So as I mentioned, this story did not just connect with people in India. So maybe a lot of people in India can understand this at a societal level, but we made the story in a way that could connect at a personal level across cultures, right? Because you are talking about a theme around uh, livelihoods, dignity, as well as environment. So those are the key elements that we're always very mindful of, which is how does it make you think? How does it make you feel? How is it relevant to me at a personal level, at a societal level? 
Those are really great key points in making sure that you have the right elements to tell a good story. And as I know, since humans existed on Earth, we are drawn to stories. We want to become storytellers because something about stories help us to connect, help us to relate, help us to take action. But some of us, we find it hard to tell stories. So what do you see are the reasons why people find it hard to tell good stories? Is it because they're lacking of these elements or they're too focused on other things? So what have you observed? I think that there are a few factors that I've observed. Um, one is how do you actually tell a good story that's succinct, told in a certain time frame, and keeps the audience's attention throughout? It's getting harder and harder, right? In today's day and age, our attention spans are shrinking. It's like someone was saying you scroll and our attention is less than eight seconds, less than a goldfish or something like that. Yeah. I've been told that again and again. But how do you tell stories in such a short time? And so it requires great creativity, right? And that's why <laughs> we need to constantly challenge ourselves to say, how do we tease that um, from a storytelling perspective? How do you draw people in? And then how do we keep them engaged? And it comes back to those three elements. But in the same vein, it's a challenge because how do you make sure that all these aspects are covered in a succinct way, in a way that matters to the audience? I think the second factor is being clear who your target audience is and what your objective is, what's your key message you are driving from the story. Right? Because many a times we've also fallen into this challenge where we want to try to tell so many aspects of the story to everybody. But that usually doesn't work because it dilutes the clarity around what the story is on. But that's our target, right? You want to tell a story so that everyone will know about it. And you're saying that's not the best way to go about no. telling that kind of story? No. So I, what I mean is that when you try to be all things to all people, you dilute it to a level where then it's plain. But when you actually think through that and say, yes, who's the main target audience to this? How can it be universal? How can it relate to as wide an audience as well? But keeping in view the core message, not try to have too many messages in it because then an audience could be very confused in that and not get it. Uh, those are really interesting things to consider when it comes to creating a powerful story. But it also sounds like it's one of the most difficult things to include in a story too, which is understanding your objective, understanding your target audience. Do you have an example that you can share where your story has a clear purpose and a clear target audience? Perhaps it's this story that we've told of Angel Hearts. They're a volunteer group in Singapore. And they take recycled wedding gowns and turn that into burial clothes for babies who pass away prematurely. When we first met them, they actually needed more volunteers to come forward to support them. And then what we did was that we said, okay, that means our story needs to target potential volunteers and understand what their motivations were in drawing them to come forward. With that understanding, we then crafted a story that was focused on how the work of the volunteers directly benefited the bereaved parents. Now, with that angle in mind, then we looked at ways in how the story could then be compelling in terms of engaging both the head, the heart, at a personal level, 
as well as a societal level. And because this is very universal, how can this actually transcend beyond Singapore as well? With that in mind, we were very encouraged that this story brought over 340 volunteer inquiries, which is more than their average of 10 per month. So this is one example of when there is a clarity of the target audience of the objective and the elements of a good story coming together. Wow, that's such a wonderful example to share about having clarity in terms of your purpose. Who do you want to target and crafting that story in order to uh, reach out to your target audience. So now I'm convinced, okay, storytelling is excellent. It's powerful. It's compelling. I can make people do stuff for me, right? (laughs) So if I want to use the power of storytelling or I just want to start telling better stories, where can I start? Especially someone who is maybe not so great at telling stories. I think everyone has got personal stories to share. I think that's always a place to start. Look at milestones in your own life. What may have pivoted the trajectory of your career, your life journey. And that's always a a good place to start, right? I also suggest that you'll find a way that works best for you. What's a medium that appeals to you? Use that. Some people may be shy to speak in public. Doesn't mean they can't tell stories because there are many ways you can do that. You can write, you can draw. (laughs) The mediums are are vast. And so make that choice, right? And the medium that better suits you. And I would also then share some tips, right? Around how to become better storytellers. First and foremost, be observant. More often than not, you can actually find stories in your everyday life. What it takes is to listen and ask good questions. And secondly, being clear of who you're speaking to and what objective is. Make sure that you share not just the what, but very importantly, the why, because that's what connects and compels. And third, be brave. Try telling your stories to your family, your friends. I mean, in the context of work, share that with your potential target audiences, stakeholders, And then test it out. You will only get better with practice. Figure out what works, what doesn't work. Iterate. That's the best way. And that's what we always do. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise there's no fixed way. And the interesting thing about storytelling is there's such creativity that comes into play. And there are just so many mediums, so many ways to bring out the story. Those are really excellent tips, Rebecca. I know for Our Better World, you tell all sorts of stories that are based in Asia, but imagine for all these many stories, you have faced challenges in creating them and finding them and telling them. Mind if you could share some of those challenges that you faced? Yeah, so for us, telling a good story is important. And what that entails are many components to it. At the heart of it, the dignity of our story subjects people whom we feature in the stories are very important. So the trust that we build with them, giving them an assurance that when we approach sensitive topics, how that's dealt with sensitively with them in mind, always keeping in mind how the story is bringing out their best. All right, that's important. And then when we actually work with our impact storytellers, is not just filmmakers who can do their craft very well. But we're always working with impact storytellers who 
understand the mission of our better world, where it's really about building trust with our story subjects, uh, presenting story in a way that doesn't shy away from the reality, but there's always a focus on the redeeming part, always focusing on what can someone who watches the story do about it. So making that accessible, and that's important. So then after we have found the story, worked with a storyteller on the story, how do we get it out to the right target audience in an increasingly cluttered online space? It's a challenge. So we are constantly as a team evolving and testing what are the ways we can tease out the crux of a story, draw people in, engage them and inspire them to act. Because there's no separate category for non-profit content online. We're competing for the same eyeballs which means that we need to be excellent in our storytelling that would engage the hearts, the minds, and to inspire people to act. I'm curious about the point where you say you need to gain trust. How do you do it? And why do you need to put in the effort to gain trust? Because I would think if someone is willing to tell their story, wouldn't they be over the moon like, hey, someone wants to tell my story and that will help my social enterprise? Because I think many of the story subjects, let's say nonprofits or social enterprises, some that we approach say that they don't want to be interviewed, they don't want to be covered because there have been past experiences where they felt that on other media platforms, their stories have been misrepresented. So for us to come in and explain to them our ethos, our values of how we do what we do and giving them the assurance that we are here to bring out the best of their stories is important. That at the end of the day, why we are telling the story is so that more awareness can come to the cause, so that more support can come to the cause. And so when that is assured, that's important. And the reality is that amongst many of our story subjects, it's, it's varied. And there are many who are also in very sensitive who work amongst vulnerable communities, their sensitivities of identities being revealed, and how we go about working with them on this, always giving them the assurance that we will not tell an aspect of a story they're not comfortable with is important. And also, we are very mindful that we don't make them feel obligated that they cannot say no. They must be genuinely comfortable and open to that. If not, then we respect that. Then even if that aspect is maybe the most compelling part of the story, but if the story subject is uncomfortable, not prepared to, then we respect and we don't include that part in it. So one of the common questions that I get when it comes to storytelling is the type of medium to use. So we can tell stories by public speaking, by writing, by doing a vlog, a video, and an audio. Do you find which is the best medium to tell a story? Actually, I would say there isn't a one best medium in telling a story. Every medium reaches different types of audiences, has got different, I would say, value of that medium, right? Photos uh, versus a video versus a written piece. It's just by nature of that medium has a way of communicating certain aspects that's different from the other mediums. 
And I would say that the choice of medium many a times needs to be dependent on what is the best medium to bring up the best story, this best story. Because it could be that for this particular story, it can be very compelling, but it works better for a photo essay just because of the powerful visuals and maybe the person who is the main character is not very comfortable in front of a camera. Then a photo essay with compelling visuals can do that job. But then if you have a story that's got so many different layers to it, so many aspects that you have, maybe then there's an opportunity for this to be a multimedia story to engage the audiences in a different way. Yeah. Okay, so it really depends on what kind of story you want to convey and what kind of medium can best carry that story. To the right target audience. To the right target audience. Let's say some of our listeners, they've got a story they want to tell and they want to engage you. How can they do so? Yes, we welcome people to pitch their stories on our website. So it's ourbetterworld.org. We have a pitch form. We are constantly looking for stories of people doing good all across Asia nonprofit social enterprises. And so if you know of anyone, go on to our website, fill that in, and also sign up for our newsletter. Find out more about our stories because we have new stories that always roll out. Recently, we've done three content series, uh, one on disabilities and virtual reality. We've actually uh, also recently done a series on mental health and one on refugees. We've also challenged ourselves in evolving the formats in which we do storytelling. We've just launched our multimedia story, which is highly interactive. So we hope that listeners come to our website, check out our stories and keep in touch with us. Excellent. Thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate our conversation today. No, thank you. It was a great pleasure and honor to be on this show. Thank you. That was Rebecca Lim, head of Our Better World. We just spoke about storytelling. In the next episode, we will speak to Anupam Gupta, an experienced chartered accountant and a consultant in the stock markets based in Mumbai, India. He also hosts a podcast show called Paisa Vaisa, where he talks with experts on personal finance. We will speak about our relationship with money. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, take a moment to rate and review us wherever you download your podcast. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also visit our website at www.leadersoflearning.asia to listen to our previous episodes. If you believe this podcast show will help a colleague, friend, or family member, please share this episode with them via social media or your podcast app. I'm your host, Ling Ling. Thank you for listening to the Leaders of Learning podcast.